listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heartsease Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. thank you this morning that you are awesome. We thank you that in you we truly do have freedom and liberty. And God, we just pray as we cover this subject once again of dealing with the offense, the walls, the barriers, the prisons that we find ourselves in, that God, you would truly set us free today, that we would walk in your freedom, that we would live in your freedom, that God, we would be found in your freedom. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. It's great to have Coco and Vanessa in the house with us, all from the Windy City, Chicago. And it's good to have them home. Come on, let's give it up for Coco and Vanessa. Great to have them here. Great to have those of you who are visitors with us. We always say this at this church, you're only a visitor once and then you're part of the family. So we pray that you have been made to feel part of the family. I want to talk this morning again about hook, line and sinker. It's the series that we have been dealing with. But here is what I want to do today. I want to answer this question. Do I have the right. Do I have the right? I I can just testify from my life that God has really raked me over the coals during this series about becoming offended. It seems like God has been really just opening up my heart and I've had to deal with some things in my life and, and many things that I thought I'd already dealt with, but I realized I was still holding on to grudges and still holding on to bitterness. But what we've discovered is this, we have to release those things in order that we can see the development and growth that God has for each one of our lives. Because having an offense in your heart will lock you down. Now you may justify that and say, well, I have limited freedom. But remember this, we've talked about this, God's plan for your life is bigger than your backyard. Come on. God's plan for your life is bigger than your backyard. You can think you've got a bigger yard than the dog beside you because your chain goes so far and you've got more room. But there's a whole world outside of your big yard, backyard that God wants you to live in. There's freedom in God. With a fence, you're not going anywhere fast. And this is what we've discovered over this series, and that is this. God has a purpose for your life. God has a purpose for your life. And you know what God's purpose is for your life? That your life is going somewhere. That your life is progressing. That you are moving. In the business world, they say this, if you're standing still, you're even being left behind. And I would love to recap because I believe we have covered so much life-changing points. But because of the pursuit on where we want to go today, we don't have time. But I want to encourage you, if you have missed any of these messages on a Sunday or a Wednesday, or perhaps you've heard all of them, I cannot encourage you strong enough to order the CDs of this series or those that you have missed, especially Wednesday night. We talked about how we let life in, but we don't let life out. How we build up walls first for protection, but then they become a prison and we're locked in. You need to hear the truths. And and if you don't want to get the CDs, go online. Go to our website, www.hflc.us, as in the country, United States. Heartsease Family Life Church, hflc.us. Go under the media page and you can download those messages right onto your computer at work and listen to them. You can download them on your smartphones and if you're really cool, your iPhones and your iPads and your iPods and MP3 players. Get the Word of God inside of you. If you're painting, listen to the Word of God. If you're typing at work, listen to the Word of God. Get it inside of you. But so today I want to deal with the, the question, do I have the right? Can my actions of revenge, is my retaliation 
What about my reasonings for becoming offended? What about my past hurts and my wounds? Are they justified? Do I have the right to hold on to those things, to retaliate and to respond? When you look at offended people, they can be grouped into two main categories. The first is those who have generally been mistreated. I mean, genuinely, they have been mistreated. They have been wronged and they have been hurt. But then there's a second group of people of those who think they have been mistreated, but actually they were not. And believe me, there's a lot of people who are carrying offense for no reason. For no reason, because they're misunderstanding or they think that they have. Offended for no reason. But as we're going to discover today, there is no reason for a child of God to make the choice of offense because offense is a choice that you and I have to either choose to make or not. We shouldn't have to make that choice. We realize the opportunities are around us endless. You can look at it in Luke 17 verse 1. Jesus speaks about it's impossible that you won't be offended. The possibilities or the opportunities of offense are all around you. However, you don't have to allow that offense to become a part of you. You don't have to allow it into your heart. This morning I want to talk about the first group, about those who genuinely have been mistreated. Listen to this scripture, if you would. It comes from Genesis chapter 50 and verse 19 and 20. You can turn to your Bibles or you can look up on the screen. Genesis 50 verse 19 through 20. Incidentally, Tammy does an awesome job and Patricia every week doing these words. I appreciate you both. Joseph said to them, do not be afraid, for I am in the place of God. But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this day that I would save many lives. Incredible words. What you meant for evil, don't be afraid because I am where God placed me. Because what you meant for evil, God already knew that he was going to turn it around for good. And I am now in this place for this appointed time. These are the words that Joseph said to his brothers. Incredible words. We would stand and give an ovation to words like that and say, wow, wow, how incredible. But today we're going to discover the pain, the anguish, the offense that he had to battle through in order to stand in a position where he could give God the glory and give God the honor that it was God's doing and not man's doing. Today we're going to look at the life of Joseph. Joseph is an absolutely incredible guy. Next to David in the Bible, I think Joseph is my favorite Bible character. An incredible guy who had to endure so much. And he endured all the suffering and the pain that he had for one reason. And the reason was this. God gave him a dream. God gave that young man a dream. God had a purpose for that young man's life. Joseph was Jacob's 11th son. The Bible says that he grew up despised by his brothers, the ten older brothers. They hated him. He was special to his father. One of the reasons I believe that Joseph was so special to his father was he was the firstborn of Rachel, the true love of Jacob. He was tricked into marrying Leah, but eventually he got Rachel. He worked hard for Rachel, for her hand in marriage. But it was years and years until God opened her womb and gave her a child. And Joseph was her firstborn son. It was the son of his love of his life. Jacob made Joseph a special coat, a multicolored coat, 
a coat that had symbolic meaning. It was a coat that was worn by royalty of that day. It was woven and embroidered. Some have even said that the coat meant that he didn't have to work. It was like a ticket of freedom for his life. But one day, Joseph had a dream. And then he had another dream. And I want to read about those dreams this morning from Genesis chapter 37, verses 5 through 11. Then Joseph had a dream and he told his brothers and they hated him even more. So he said to them, please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There were binding sheaths in the field. Then behold, my sheath arose and stood upright. Indeed, your sheaths stood all around and bowed down to my sheath. And the brothers said to him, shall you indeed reign over us or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he had another dream and he told it to his brothers and said, look, I have dreamed another dream. And this time the sun, the moon and the 11 stars bowed down to me. So he told his father and his brothers and his father rebuked him and said to him, what is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? Verse 11, and his brothers envied him. But his father kept this matter in his heart. Needless to say, no one liked his dreams, especially his brothers. Bow down and worship you? Who do you think you are? Serve you? Come on, you've got to be joking. No way. The Bible says because of his dreams, they hated him more. One day his father said, Joseph, I've got a job for you. I need you to go to Shechem. I need you to go and bring back report of your brothers and let me know how they're doing. He doesn't find his brothers in Shechem. He finds out they're in Dotham. He heads to Dotham. He finds his brothers there. But the Bible says that before he got there, they saw the dreamer coming. Look what the brothers said in Genesis 37, verse 18 and 20. Now, when they saw him afar off, even before he came near to them, they conspired against him to kill him. Now, we're dealing with some serious hatred here. We're dealing with some serious hatred here. That before he's even come, before he's even said something to him, they're just seeing him from a distance and they've already got a plot. They've already got a plan that they've got to get rid of this guy. And they said to one another, look, here's the dreamer or the master of dreams is coming. Come, therefore, let us kill him and cast him into a stone pit. And we will say some wild beast has devoured him. And we shall see what will become of his dream. I want everyone to look at me for a moment. God has a plan for your life. God has a purpose for your life. There is a dream that God has placed upon your life. A dream that Satan wants to do everything within his power to destroy. That day, his brothers looked through hatred, through envy, through bitterness, through offense, and they said, we're going to destroy not only the plan of God, but we're going to destroy not just the dream, but we're going to take the life of the very dreamer. To cut a long story short, they didn't end up killing him. But they sold him to a company of Ishmaelites and sold him for 20 shekels of silver. It was probably a long journey home as they were trying to justify their actions. After all, Joseph was the one that offended them. But they made the choice to betray him. And through selling him as a slave, they took away his inheritance and they took away his family. We don't really understand this today, and I'm not going to go into it into great detail, but your name back in Bible days was very, very important. 
Because of the name came the inheritance. As a result of being sold in a slave, his name was stripped away for him. It was like he had never been born. He would never have the inheritance of his family. He would never be a part of that. Because of slavery, it was almost like he was a living dead man. No hope, no future. If you were born a slave, you would die a slave. But in his position to be born in inheritance and then to be made a slave was so much worse. Now today as we read through this story, most of you today already know the outcome. You know what happens to Joseph. A story like this is very inspiring when you know the end because you see how he held on and held on and held on and how God blessed him. You can be inspired by a story like this, but I want us to place ourselves where Joseph is because Joseph doesn't experience the story like we do. Joseph doesn't know that one trial is going to lead to another trial, to another trial, and one day he's going to be in the palace of Pharaoh. He doesn't realize that. All he is seeing right now is the opposition that's against him right now, and he has a choice to make. A lot of us, it's a lot easier if we know where we're going to make the choices to get there. Can I hear an amen? If we know that one day we're going to be promoted, we start making decisions. Well, can I tell you right now, you should know as a child of God that God's got blessings for your life. So what we need to start doing is we need to start making decisions every day that are going to take us to the blessing, not further away from the blessing. I don't care today if you don't feel free. The Bible says whom the sun sets free, it's free indeed. I don't care today if you feel like you're downcast and oppressed because the Bible says, greater is he that is within you than he that is in the world. God says, you're the head and you're not the tail. You're above and not beneath. But you see, we make the decisions based on right where we're at. Lost my job. God doesn't love me. Lost my job. Things aren't going well. That dream I had, I guess, wasn't true. Do What kind of decisions do we begin to speak and make? How dare they offend us? What do we do? We take it into our hearts. It becomes a part of us. Oh, it's great to be inspired by a story like this. But you've got to realize this too is the story of your life. If you will keep holding on and refuse to allow offense to get into your heart. God gave you a dream for a reason. God's got a purpose upon your life for a reason. You'll never make it to the end. If you don't first make it through the middle. You won't make it to the end if you don't make it through the middle. Joseph found himself in a place that he thought he would never be. He thought he would never see his family again, his father again. He thought that there was no way possible that the dream of God could now be fulfilled in his life. And listen to me, it's all their fault. You've got to catch that. The dreams and everything that he's looking back on saying it's never going to happen. It's because of other people. They were the ones that tried to kill him. They were the ones that sold him. They were the ones that done. All he did was live the life that God called him to live. It's their fault. He's done nothing wrong. If you follow the story through, you can in Genesis 39. Read it when you get home. But he goes to the house of Potiphar. Potiphar buys him. Potiphar is the captain of Pharaoh's guard. He's a wealthy, he's a man of great position and influence. For about the next 10 years, Joseph served in the house of Potiphar. Every day with no news from home. There was no search parties. There was no wanted posters. Have you found this person? Reward posters. There was nothing. Why? Because Joseph's father thought he was dead because the brothers killed an animal, dipped his coat in it, shredded it up a little bit and said, look what we found. Every day this young man lived with the realization that no one was coming to rescue him. But the Bible says he served. And he served faithfully. And he found favor. He was set over the whole house of Potiphar. He was the man in charge. Things finally in Joseph's life were looking up. 
he had been rewarded for his hard work and his faithfulness. Then one day, don't you hate those days? Has anyone ever had those days? That just seems like everything, you know, you've just dealt with this and you've just got beyond this and life's just great. And all of a sudden, some other opportunity comes for you to grab a hold of in your life. One day, Potiphar's wife cornered him and insisted Joseph would lie with her. In fact, the Bible tells us for daily, for some time, she had tried to seduce Joseph. But every day he refused. There was something about this day, though, that he was alone with her. And she had him in a vulnerable, cornered position. But the Bible says that he ran out from her presence. But as he ran, she grabbed his coat, his cloak, and she ripped it off of him. With his coat in her hand, she lifted it up and screamed, right. Rape. Rape. Potiphar had no choice but to throw Joseph into prison. Joseph's now in Pharaoh's prison. It's not just any prison. It's the worst of the worst. It's a place with no liberties. It's a place with no sunlight. It's literally, they say, just a pit in the ground, a miserable place, a place where you're given just enough bread and water to survive so you can suffer a little bit more. Just given enough to survive so you can suffer. Once again, the tide had turned in his life. And once again, it's not his fault. Joseph, what would you do? How, Joseph, will you respond? Will you get bitter? Will you get angry? What's going to happen in your life? Remember this morning, we're talking about, do you have the right? I wonder what Joseph's thoughts were in prison. Joseph's a man like every one of us. That means he would think the same way we would think. I'm sure Joseph began to think like this. I served my master with all honesty. And now I'm here. I'm sure thoughts that went through his mind was, I'm more faithful than his wife. I don't deserve this. I'm tired of being wrongfully accused and blamed. I'm the one that was wrong. Why is it that every time I choose to do right or try to do right, it seems the worse the situations around me become? How could God allow this? Why didn't God intervene? Why didn't God deliver me? After all, it's all because of his dreams. He was the one that gave them to me. I didn't even ask for it. In fact, my life would have been a whole lot better if I'd have never even had those dreams. Is this how God treats his own? Why me? What have I done To deserve this. Unfortunately, every one of us know those types of thoughts all too well. We've been there, we've done that. And we've got the t-shirts, plural. Many of us have looked and got angry at God. Many of us have looked at the fact that we've been treated unfairly. It wasn't even our fault. And we're questioning why. God, didn't you intervene? Why didn't you do this? Why did you allow all these things? What's going on all around? I'm sure these were just a few of the thoughts that Joseph wrestled with. The reasoning that he had, the right that he had, or the right that he was telling himself he had to be offended because I've been wrong. Remember today we're talking about those who have genuinely been mistreated, been wronged, and have been hurt. Joseph is one of them. Can I say something to you this morning? In prison, those thoughts are a lot more real. In prison, those thoughts are a lot more real. But here's a key point today that I need you to hear and you need to hear today. Joseph had very limited freedom in his life. 
He's in a prison. He's got limited freedom in his life. But he still had the right to choose his response to all that had happened to him. You've got to catch this today. You may be blaming other people for where you find yourself today. And you may think because of your parents or because of other people around, the freedom and the liberty that you have in your life is very limited today. But whatever that limitations may be, you still possess the choice of how you are going to respond to all of those things. You can live your life blaming everyone else. But when you stand before God, God's not interested about other people. It's you and him. Come on now, it's you and him. So the limitations you have, I'm going to show you today that the limitations you really have are because of your own making. That you have allowed others to place those upon you. You've accepted those because I'm telling you right now in Christ Jesus, you can shake those things off and move on in God. How am I going to respond to the opportunities of offense that are coming my way? But Philip, they're true, they really hurt. These are genuine things. I'm not making them up. Joseph wasn't making any of this up. It was real. But he would not let it into his heart. He would not let it become a part of him and control his life. And how do you know that? Because he would have died in jail. He refused to become bitter and offended and seeking revenge. He wouldn't let it even come between him and God. I'm sure through all of this that Joseph's going through, it never crosses his mind until it was all over. Have you ever gone through situations in your life and later you sit back and you begin to think back over those and all of a sudden it becomes so clear that you now understand and you now see because you're on the other side of the storm. Come on, it's, it's hard to see the calm when you're in the storm. But when you sit back and you look back, you think to yourself, my God, God used that time to bring me to a place of blessing. Joseph is not getting all this through the process of it. And it's not till he sits back later and looks back over that he realizes. But you know what he discovers? He looks back and he sees it was God's process that was taking him to a place of preparation that he could rule. You see, what we look at is thinking, poor me. God looks at it as an opportunity and a process that God can prepare you for greatness in your life. At the time, he didn't see it, and very seldom do we in our lives. But if we remain faithful through the process, God is going to refine us and we're going to come out as pure God. You see, the Bible tells us that God is looking for people that he can use. God doesn't look where man looks. God doesn't see as man sees. God doesn't pick the biggest and the baddest, the ones that look the meanest. God looks in a different place to where man looks. The Bible says God looks at the heart. He looks at the motive. He looks at the reasoning. He looks at that which is inside of every one of us. And the Bible says God is looking for someone that he can use. In a prison cell, God was looking to see if he could use Joseph. Today, God is looking today to see if he can use you. Yes, you've been wrongfully treated. Yes, what they've done to you is completely wrong. It's despicable. It's, it's beyond description. Yes, in, in, in the natural, you have the right to hold on to that offense. But God is looking today to see how you will respond. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles 16 verse 9, For the eyes of the Lord, they're running to and fro the earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. A heart that's given over to God, not a heart that's harboring offense and hurt and pain and the past, but a heart that is loyal. A heart that says, God, I don't understand it all. But God, it's a process I'm in. And I'm determined to come out as refined God. God is looking for those he can trust. 
those who were refused to be partakers of offense. Listen, if you've taken offense into your life, you're like every one of us. We're no different. We've all been offended. Maybe you're still offended. But at times in our life, we've all been offended. It's not that that disqualifies us from God. It's the fact when we remain in that offense. What I'm telling you today is you've maybe slipped up. Maybe today you've got hurt and offense in your life. But you know what? You can get out of it with the help of God today. God can set you free. God gives you another chance. He's God of another chance, not a second chance. We blew that one a whole long time ago. God's looking for a people he can trust. You see, through Joseph's suffering, he was learning obedience. He was learning obedience, loyalty to God. If anyone had the right, he probably did. Or at least he has a stronger case than every one of us does. But his right to get offended would have destroyed him and so many others. Just like Joseph today, we have two choices. The first choice is we can choose offense. The second choice is this. We can choose to hold fast to God's promise. To seek God for the fulfillment of what God wants to do in our life. Are we going to be offended or are we going to hold to the promise and seek God? We may not see the fulfillment today, but we're holding on. Believe in God. During these times of training, that's what I want to call them. These are training days because God is trying to prepare us. We must watch that we have the right focus. It's so easy to make our impossible circumstances that we find ourselves In all we see. God, there's no way that I can forgive this person. Do you realize what they've done? There's no way that I can watch freedom and have freedom. And there is no way. We've got to watch the focus that we have in our lives. Because that kind of focus causes us to lose sight of the greatness of our God. He must be our focus. His ability. His provision. The fact that we will finish what, that he will finish what he has started. If you and I allow him to do. You know, there's a question that I get asked and I've been asked many times, and that's this. God could have prevented this whole mess and didn't. Why? I was just asked this the other day by a young lady who was sexually abused by a family member as a child. She said to me, God could have stopped all this. If God's such a God of love, why did he allow me to go through that? Why did he not intervene? I was innocent. I did nothing. Why? Why? And then what happens is we start to blame God. I don't have all the answers today. I don't have all the answers of why you have had to face all the things that you have had to face. But one thing I know is this. If you hold on to his promises today, you're going to make it to the other side. I'm telling you right now, you'll never find your answers behind you. You're only going to find your answers that are still ahead of you. What was done to you is wrong. But I'm telling you right now, there's a freedom, there's a victory, there's a future, there's a dream that you can once have again in God. You can't stay there forgetting those things which are behind. I press towards the call of God. I press towards that in Christ Jesus. They're not there behind me. If I'm trying to reason out why everything took place in my life. Well, a lot of the things took place in my life because of the choices I made. But the things before I had the ability or was of age to choose. I've got to leave them in the hands of God. Knowing that there's a process that he's brought me through for a reason. And I'm going to be a ruler in him. I'm coming to the other side. You see, offense is not a life preserver. That's what we think it is. Well, I'm going to grab a hold of this. Offense is a rock with a chain on it that will take you right to the bottom. And one day it's going to be all clear. But the moment 
you begin to blame God, you're turning away from the one that's your lifeline, your way of escape. You see, we cannot fall victim to the blame game because not only against God is that true, it's against others. If, I, if it wasn't for them, then I would be this and I would be that. God only knows if I hadn't married him, if I hadn't married her, then my life would be absolute bliss. If it wasn't for my parents, I would have had a normal life. If they hadn't got divorced, I would not have had to go through all the pain if I had to. Here's a good one. If it wasn't for my pastor, can't believe he dared tell me that. Who does he think he is? If it wasn't for this, if it wasn't for that. You know what you are confessing when you go into the blame game? You are confessing this, that others are holding your destiny and not God. You are saying others are controlling your life because if it wasn't for my parents, then what? My life would be great. So what you're saying is because of them, my life now is just messed up and that's how it's going to be. That means that control is still controlling your life. You see what a fence would do? It will keep you locked down, controlled. John Bevere in his book, The Bait of Satan, says this statement that I think is absolutely incredible. He says this, absolutely no man, woman, child, or devil can ever get you out of the will of God. No one but God holds your destiny. Absolutely no man, woman, child or devil can ever get you out of the will of God. But Pastor Philip, you don't know what they've done to me. Listen to me. No devil, man, woman, child, no person can get you out of the will of God because no one else holds my destiny except God himself. Come on, my destiny's not in my parents, my teachers, those who have wronged me. My destiny, my future is in God. Joseph's brothers tried so hard to destroy the vision that God had given him, but all they did was hinder the fulfillment. They couldn't stop it. The only one who could stop it was Joseph himself. Today, you are the only one that can stop the purpose of God for your life. You are the only one. We can point the finger and blame other people, but the reality is this. I am the only one who can destroy the purpose of God for my life. Today you may think you have the right. Today you think you've got the right to become offended. But to become offended is to abort the plan of God for your life. If Joseph Joseph were like most of us, you know what he would be doing today? Plotting revenge. But listen to me. If he had that attitude, God would have left him in a dungeon to rot. And you know why God would have left him in a dungeon to rot? Because with that motive, if Joseph would have got out, he would have killed the ten heads of the twelve tribes of Israel. Listen to me. And he would have even killed a brother called Judah, from whom's lineage Jesus Christ himself would come. God could not let Joseph out of that prison until his attitude was right. Maybe today the reason you're still in that prison is because your attitude is lengthening the process. Because Joseph stayed free from offense, the plan of God was not only established in his life, but it was also established through the life of God 
of his brothers. Let's finish the story quickly this morning. Prison was a time of sifting for Joseph, a time of refining. But he later finds out it was also a great time of opportunity. He didn't know that when he went into it, but he was faithful. He did not allow these things to come into his heart. One day, two Oh, and because of his faithfulness, he's now made in charge of the prison. He's now serving the other prisoners. And one day, two new prisoners come in. A butler and a baker. Not just any butler and baker. Pharaoh's butler and baker. You can read the story in Genesis 40. They had dreams too. Joseph sees they're troubled. He asks them, what's up? They said, we have dreams. We don't know. Joseph interprets their dreams. And as a result of the interpretation, one dies, but the other is reinstated, once again putting the cup as the butler in the hand of the king. Joseph's last request to them was, remember me, remember me. But for two more years, that's a long time, for two more years he was forgotten. Two more years he was forgotten. But one day Pharaoh had a dream. Genesis chapter 40, you could read it. None of the magicians nor the wise men could answer it. There was none in the kingdom that had an explanation. But then the Bible says the butler remembered, hold on a second. I remember someone who interpreted my dream. And the dream came Joseph was ordered for. He stood. One moment he's in a prison cell. The next moment he's standing before the most powerful man of that day on the face of the earth, Pharaoh. He hears the dream. And he interprets the dream. Prison. Pharaoh. And the next step, he leaves the presence of that man now second in charge of the whole kingdom. Because he refused to let offense determine his outcome, he had opportunity after opportunity to be offended. Did he have the right? We would probably say yes. But that right to be offended would have steered him wrong, right off the path of God. But there's one more day I want to talk about before I close. And that's the day when his brothers are now standing before him. Those who wronged him for no fault of his own. He had power to wipe them off the face of the earth like they were nothing. But look what Joseph says to his brothers. Genesis 45 and verse 5 through 8. But now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves. Because you sold me here. For God sent me before you. To preserve life. For these two years the famine has been in the land. And there are still five more years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve a prosperity for you in the earth. And to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you who sent me here. But God. And God has made me a father to Pharaoh, the Lord of all this house, and a ruler throughout the entire land of Egypt. The story would have been completely different if he would have allowed offense to rule in his heart. He would have died in a prison. But because he refused, because he remained faithful, his testimony was this. It was God's doing. God sent me here. 
God allowed me to have to go through all these things. And I don't really know why, but all I can tell you is I'm now in a place of authority and position. And in a place where I can not only save your lives, but I can save countless thousands, maybe even millions of others' lives. It's only through God. It was only by his plan and his purpose. No mortal man or devil can supersede the plan of God for your life. Only one person can get you out of God's will. And that's you. And that's you. Perhaps today you have faithfully served the Lord and you've come into difficult life situations because of being mistreated and because of those around you. And here's the truth. You have been treated unjustly. You have been wrong. We agree on that. You're right. But to take that right of offense will will only fulfill the enemy's purpose of getting you out of God's will. To stay free of offense, you'll stay in the will of God. To become offended, you'll be taken captive by the enemy to fulfill his own will and purpose. Today, you've got to make a choice. And what's it going to be? To hold on to that offense? Or to realize this is just a training ground. That God's preparing me for other things. And he's looking to see how I respond so I can go to the next level. As I close this morning. If the devil could have destroyed your life. He would have done so a long time ago. He can't destroy your life. Come on, he cannot stop your life. He cannot take your life. He couldn't even take the life of Jesus. The Bible says he laid down his life for us. Now, Satan may frustrate and he may try to hinder, but you are the only one that can give it up to him. Let me close with this scripture and then answer the question, do I have the right? 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13. Nothing you will ever face in life. The Bible says no temptation. Temptation is something that's causing you to stumble, a stumbling block, some offense, something that's been thrown across your path. The Bible says that no temptation has the power to overtake you. No temptation has overtaken you. Such is common to man. But God is faithful. Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation. Say with me the process. But through the process. With the temptation. Will also make the way of escape. That you may be able to bear it. Endure it. That means make it through to the other side. Come on, God is your way of escape today. The moment you try to grab a hold of revenge, the moment you try to grab a hold of bitterness, that's not God's way and that's not God's escape for your life. It will put you in a prison. It will cause you to abort the plan and the fulfillment of the promises of God upon your life. You need to look to God and say, God, I don't understand. There's hurts and wounds of the past, but God, I realize you're the only one that can heal those wounds. You're the only one that can bring me through. You're the the only one who is my way of escape. Some through the fire. Some through the flood. But can I tell you, you're not going to be burnt and you're not going to be drowned. Refuse, even if today you feel you have the right to be offended. Take control of that offense. Even if you feel you have the right, the control of offense, it will only destroy your life and it will keep you from fulfilling God's plan for your life. So here's the answer to the question, do you have the right? I today don't believe you have the right, but you have the choice. You don't have the right. as The Bible says revenge is mine. God says, I'll take care of all that. 
But you see, when we try to take care of it, we take it out of the hands of God and it becomes in our hands. The answer is you don't have the right, you have the choice. No matter what's been done to you, the right is not yours to seek revenge or to become offended. You've got to let God take care of it. But if you choose to become offended, then you are choosing the wrong pathway. The pathway not, N-O-T, not, of God's plan and purpose for your life. I read the end of the book. We win. I said, I've read the end of the book. We win. That's what BJ said to Barbara just before she passed away. She looked at her sister and she says, I win. I win. I win. Come on, as a child of God, you're in a win-win situation. You're in a win-win situation. Come on, God opens doors and he closes doors, but sometimes it's hell in the hallway. But if we don't make it through the middle, we're not going to make it to the end. Satan sees you coming. And he's saying, what can I do to destroy the plan and purpose of God? I know what I'll do. I'll accuse them. I'll make them offended. And you know what? I'll do it in such a way that they all have the opportunity to turn around and say, I've got every right to be the way I am. But today, let me remind you, it's not your right. It's a wrong choice that you're making. And you've got to choose right. And that is this. I'm tired of this prison. I'm tired of this prison. I'm coming through the process. And God's going to refine me like gold. Would you stand to your feet with me this morning? We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.